We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by Maggie Loney and Andrew Mertig, and we're back for another Monday edition of the podcast. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty well. I, it is a little weird to watch the championship games and know just how closely Green Bay was to still having their season alive. So that's a little bit of a bummer, but of course, we're switching our focus to the offseason a little bit, uh, and we'll we'll talk about what some of those games uh, entailed today. But how are you doing, Maggie? Yeah, I'm starting to shift into off-season mode. This morning I took my son to swim lessons, so that's those are the kind of exciting things that I'm going to do on Sundays now without Green Bay football. But yeah, I got 60 minutes left of this NFL season, and it's the Super Bowl, so kind of bittersweet, but can't be mad at the season that we had either. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we got an assignment, as we, we often do. Uh, from Andy about defensive coordinators to talk about. So the entire Pack-A-Day 
team is going to break down the candidates that we know for sure are interviewing with the Green Bay Packers, at least according to reports. And we ironically got assigned Christian Parker. And um, I went ahead and made myself the target of a lot of Packers internet coverage by quote unquote breaking the story of an offer for the defensive coordinator position to Parker. So that has been uh, really fun over the last 36 hours. (laughs) Andrew, I need to ask you, a simple question on the podcast today. Why the heck did you do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, let, me, let me let me preface my question because like we've we've known each other for seven years or so now, and we've never been the the kind of to really like seek out to break news or those kinds of things. So uh, I think that makes actually your your claims a little bit more believable. But uh, interesting that you maybe had a little bit of a scoop there. Why did you feel compelled uh, to share the information that you had? Yeah, knowing what I know now, the answer is I don't know. I don't know what would compel me to post that. <laughs> um, it, it, so basically, here is a very long story short. I got a tip from somebody who is not in the know that they saw uh, Mr. Parker, uh, Christian Parker, walking around uh, Green Bay and near the stadium. And I was like, well, that's really weird because the reports were that he had already previously interviewed and this was Saturday. And so um, I was like, well, that's really interesting. And I talked it over with a few people who have a little bit of knowledge of interview situations and everything. And they said, oh, that that is really interesting. I don't think that would be very typical of a coordinator interview to still have somebody kind of hanging around after the interview is over. And so I thought, oh, well, there's a little smoke here. Let's see if there's some fire. And I do have a few connections within the organization. I did live in Green Bay for a very long period of time. I was heavily involved in the community, made some connections with people at a lot of different levels of the Packers. And one in particular that would be in the know of these kind of conversations uh, and hirings. And I don't normally talk to them about hiring stuff because that's not really my, like, gig and that's not the relationship that we have but i did send a text i got a message back that led me to believe the offer had been made and so like really careful in my tweet i said i have been led to believe the packers have made the offer i didn't say it was like concrete but i know a lot of people took it that way and that's fine um it has since been backed up by at least one other source Uh, Not by me, but by somebody else. And um, I I just want to say, like, I think at this point it is happening. If it doesn't, that's fine. Feel free to put me on blast forever. (laughs) Uh, Like, I'm totally cool with that. It would be very deserving. I didn't mean to get myself in the storm, but, you know, here I find myself. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. And I think that just adds a little bit of context to what I think a lot of fans are really interested in right now and I think a lot of fans are genuinely excited because obviously this is interesting with you because of your role in in the news sharing but also this is a really good defensive coordinator candidate that I I think we get to talk about a little bit on the show today so why don't you unpack that just a little bit who is Christian Parker and uh, why are you guys best friends (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And, and like final thing I'll say about like the me portion of this story is that like I have no intention of being like a newsbreaker. That's not 
what I want nor need. Uh, I, I don't really care about Twitter followers or like whatever kind of like esteem would come from breaking something like this that I, I, I kind of wish I had kept it to myself after all of the blowback that has happened so far. But um, I do think it's going to happen. And so I guess we will see. I do think Parker is a really interesting candidate. And so just to give the listeners a little bit of background, he's a native of Northern Virginia. He attended the University of Richmond. Uh, and he ran track on on top of playing both receiver and cornerback for the football team. He started his coaching career at Virginia State. Excuse me. Uh, he was a graduate assistant there, and then he was promoted to defensive backs coach. You'll notice that as a theme. And then after two years at Virginia State, he joined Norfolk State as a defensive backs coach. He then uh, spent two years uh, there uh, before joining Mike Elko's staff at Notre Dame as a defensive analyst in 2017. In 2018, Parker followed Elko to Texas A&M in an analyst role. And then in 19, he was hired by the Green Bay Packers as a defensive quality control uh, under then defensive coordinator Mike Pettin. He held the job for two years before going to the Denver Broncos as their defensive backs coach. Uh, And he was in Denver for three years. He coached under three different head coaches and three different defensive coordinators, which I think is really interesting when we talk about scheme. He coached under current Eagles defense coordinator Vic Fangio, Vic, Vic, who, of course, was with the Dolphins last year, moving over to the Eagles. Current Panthers defense coordinator uh, Ijiro Evero and then current Broncos defensive coordinator Vance Joseph. So that's a diverse set of defenses and, and you know, different characters. He's yet to call plays uh, at any level, but he, there were a few reports that shed light on how well-regarded he is in Denver. According to reports, he was key to transitioning the defense from the Fangio system into the scheme that Vance Joseph ran this year in Denver. Uh, the Patriots did interview him, but they, uh, you know, reportedly have already made their defensive coordinator hiring. So um, it seems that Parker is out of New England consideration. Yeah, and as of right now, we don't have an update on this news. Like, this this is currently one of many candidates uh, for the defensive coordinator position with the Packers. But uh, maybe by the time you're listening to this on Monday, that's happened. I'll be the first to admit that I didn't know a ton about Christian before this DC search, uh, but he's the candidate that I am most intrigued by in this process that Green Bay's at least been linked to. I really do hope that he gets the job. Andrew mentioned the diverse background, and I think uh, it speak, speaks volumes that he coached for three different head coaches and three different coordinators there in Denver. And Vance Joseph talks about how he was instrumental, Andrew mentioned, in incorporating those elements of the Fangio and Evero systems into that Joseph playbook. Like they thought that he was good enough to do that, uh, I think is is phenomenal and really, really interesting. So it will be interesting to see what exactly the Parker scheme would look like uh, because he'd have his own stamp and what he would want to bring from multiple systems, honestly. Uh, but the fact that he was retained in two transitions says a lot about how highly he was regarded in that building. Uh, and if you listen to interviews from Denver outlets, it's obvious how much Parker's players love playing for him. For him, And I think that's really exciting. Um, he simplifies his concepts for younger players so they can play fast. And he's mentioned on multiple occasions how much he learned just about coaching in general and leadership from Matt LaFleur. And so I think that fit is somewhat natural in Green Bay. And I, I just kind of like going back and looking at previous interviews from from, you know, coaches and players in the past. And I do that with draft prospects. And so I went back to that well here with Christian Parker. And it's really interesting, like, 
there's some interviews from 2018 and he like He's impressive, but he sounds very different than interviews that he did just last year or this, you know, this past season. And you think, oh, of of course, like in 2018, this guy was 26 years old. So it's just amazing, <laughs> you know, how young he is. And I think that that's obviously that's exciting for some of the reasons, um, you know, that we, the energy he would bring and some of the creativity possibly some aggressiveness that would come with his scheme, but also probably, I don't know if you call it a red flag, but a concern that probably some fans have like this guy is legitimately, you know, going to be one of the youngest coordinators in league history um, and hasn't called plays. So some questions there, some really exciting pieces to this Christian Parker candidacy. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned it. He comes from a really impressive coaching tree, despite being only 32. And, you know, Fangio, Evero, two names Packers fans both wanted to see as defensive coordinator. So that makes things really interesting, too. You know, when you look at the secondary play in Denver right now with names like Patrick Sertan, Justin Simmons, and it's hard not to be intrigued by what Parker could offer. Right. You know, he's got players playing at all pro levels pro bowlers and it's fun to think about what he could do with like Jair Alexander and a revamped safety unit so it's certainly a swing for the fences kind of higher considering like you guys said he's never been a DC and he's never called the defense but he's so highly highly regarded Kyle kind of talked about it you know anyone that's ever worked with him I've seen so many reports from analysts and beat writers saying that you know the Broncos players loved him the staff doesn't want to lose him and he's just been so invaluable to that locker room culture so it's definitely the kind of DC hire that I think players could rally behind and want to play for, which makes it really interesting. Yeah, if I can jump in really quick, one thing that both of you kind of mentioned is the diverse schemes he's been around, but that also means that he's been around like diverse coaches. And so I, I really like when when you think about the just in the last four years, he's been around Mike Pettin and then Vic Fangio, Evero and then Joseph. And those are all different people that he's going to be able to pull his assistance from. And I think that's one of the things that we really undersell when you hire a coordinator is like, who are you going to be able to bring in to fill in those position coaches? And, you know, he will be familiar with a few of, of Green Bay's coaches and maybe he wants to keep some of those, but then also to be able to call around the league and pull in young and up and coming coaches or veterans uh, that might be available to be able to take over those position coaching roles. Hey, friends, I'm sure you're all familiar with some of the hassles of finding game tickets at a reasonable price without all the headaches that go along with it. I've been on a bit of a roll lately as I went through one ticketing service that never sent me the tickets and I had to panically try to get a hold of somebody the day of the game. I had another service that didn't allow me to transfer tickets. So when I could no longer go to the Wisconsin Iowa game, transferring the tickets was extremely difficult. It was just all so frustrating. That was until I found Game Time. Game Time is so easy to use with a low price guarantee, event cancellation protection, easy to find tickets, and an even easier to use app. GameTime is the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through emails and have those same panicky moments that I did the day of a game. So next time you're buying tickets, make sure you snag them using GameTime, stress-free. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Oh, and GameTime is also a great way to buy tickets for a holiday gift. Just make sure to use code PACKADAY. Download GameTime today, last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Hey there. 
I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making Prize Picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Yeah, obviously a very, very interesting candidate for the Packers in that defensive coordinator role. Again, I just think the ability to outlive like three regimes there in Denver is super impressive, whether that's head coaches or defensive coordinators. This is a guy that they wanted to keep in their building and now obviously is getting a an opportunity elsewhere. And you've heard it from uh, beat writers and uh, some guys, you know, the, the other podcasts in the Denver market have just talked about what a loss this would be for that team. So those are those are encouraging things. And hopefully it means good things for the Packers defense going forward if he were to be offered and accept the job. But uh, this was championship weekend in the NFL. We had the NFC and AFC championship games. Unfortunately, Green Bay did not find themselves playing in the NFC championship. We're a little bit bitter about (laughs) that scenario, but there was some good football played on Sunday. Uh, The Chiefs looked like the team that came prepared this weekend, and the Ravens really didn't. And that went about how you would think it would. Just... A real bedwetting performance, honestly, from Baltimore after what was an incredible season for them. I really had high expectations. Andrew's shaking his head at me. Uh, that's, that's, I mean, I just came in. I thought that they would walk away with this game. I thought they should be the better football game, and they just didn't show up. Kansas City wins 17-10. to 10, And then Detroit came into Santa Clara and wiped the floor with the 49ers for half of the football game, and then they just stopped winning the football game. They handed the 49ers basically the entire second half and lost in embarrassing fashion 34-31. to The Lions gave up 27 second-half points and will not be playing in a Super Bowl in two weeks. I was just laughing at you using the term bedwetting to I describe mean. <laughs> the Ravens' performance, which probably is really accurate. I, it seemed like Baltimore, a team that had dictated the pace and the physicality the entire season, got punched in the mouth by the yeah. Chiefs early, and they weren't ready for it, and they just never reacted properly. I yeah. mean, they, they were constantly getting baited into 15-yard penalties. They, they could not execute their offense whatsoever and so just a really dominant performance by Kansas City and then the flip side 
Detroit really punched San Francisco in the mouth the whole first half, in fact, and then San Francisco came out and was a completely different team. You do wonder about the inexperience of Detroit maybe playing a role in that, Um, and I think that sets us up for a Super Bowl that probably on paper is a really fantastic matchup, but in my head is really, really boring because it's two teams that are just (laughs) always in contention. Yeah, so every year I have a Super Bowl party, and I always buy beer from that city to stock my fridge with and i've already done kc and san fran so i'm gonna need to come up with some new breweries for this year so i don't get too repetitive for my parties Uh. but no i mean i i think the the chiefs Ravens score is honestly what was most surprising about this weekend the outcome made sense you know a heart versus head kind of thing like chiefs niners kind of felt like the outcome but 17 to 10 really surprised me. I thought that there were going to be a lot more points there, especially with what we'd seen from both teams. But the playoff Chiefs are just a completely different animal. We've talked about them the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, should be a really good game. But unfortunately, recency bias has made it so that I think we're all just a little oversaturated right now with uh, the Chiefs and the Niners. And it would have been nice to see um, some new teams in there because right now we've got bad blood. Absolutely. So, that is the first half of our show, and then we wanted to kind of transition into a little activity to get us ready to start talking about some off-season stuff, because this is going to come fast and furious as we already have the Senior Bowl approaching us uh, this upcoming week. So um, I just wanted to kind of discuss the path forward for the Green Bay Packers. We're going to have a couple months, of course, to discuss renegotiations, cuts, free agents, our draft crushes. But I thought a good place to start is a really high-level overview of what Green Bay will be looking at over the next four months in aggregate. So let's kick it off with what we know about the Packers coaching changes and then any other changes you maybe like to see them make. Maggie, you want to go first? Yeah, so you kind of touched on it already with, you know, just the idea that Christian Parker can bring in potentially whoever he wants. But I don't know if I would need to see any additional changes at this point since the one that we were all advocating for has happened with the departure of Barry, obviously. But I do wonder whether we'll see some turnover on that defensive coaching staff because, you know, some of these guys have been in the building for a long time and Joe Barry retained most of them, right, when he took over from Petten. So whoever is hired, I'd be really curious to see you know, if they will have guys that they want to bring with them, if they'll keep the guys that are in-house. And because we aren't in the coaching meetings, it's obviously hard to know where the biggest problem is, right? Like Joe Barry was the head of the defense, so he took the flack for that. It was his job to lose regardless of, you know, where some of this falls. So are the position coaches getting the most out of their players or is there like a larger issue that we're not seeing here? I think that's where my questions would be is, As much as we don't maybe love some of the performances we've seen some special teams this year, like I think it's what happens with the defensive position coaches at this point. Yeah, Joe Barry's out. That's what we were all wondering. I mean, even as like recently as last week's podcast, we were like, we think that that's probably going to happen, but we weren't super confident that they were going to actually pull that trigger. So now that that lever has been pulled, I do think it's what you said is absolutely the truth in how this is going to play out, Maggie. Like, Will the new defensive coordinator have a lot of power in molding the defensive staff, especially if it is someone young like Christian Parker? He's 32 years old, like he's worked for this team before, has relationships in that building. Does he keep a lot of those guys? Does he have some of his own guys to bring in? Um, Will he have that opportunity? I think it'll be interesting. And I kind of wondered if we might see those changes there with special teams. Rich Passaccia, I believe in the coach. We haven't really seen the fruit of that 
yet. Um, and I think he's kind of on the hot seat headed into next year. But I expect Green Bay to probably stick with the plan there and see if it produces better results there uh, in 2024. But the defensive staff formation is going to be fascinating. And I think we just thank our lucky stars that no one seems interested in coming after guys like Jason Vrabel or anyone else on the offensive coaching staff. We, I mean, it doesn't feel like we have a young superstar there yet, but I think the fact that they get to keep those guys and keep that continuity should really be helpful to Jordan Love and the offense in 2024. So I think that that's something that fans can hang their hat on and say that's some good news going into this offseason. Yeah, I am with you. Once that coordinator decision is finalized, probably not much uh, coming as far as changes go uh, for the Green Bay Packers coaching staff. Speaking of, uh, you know, moves in the offseason, the Packers can have $54 million of cap space with simple restructures and $77 million with max restructures. Brian Gutekunst has shown a willingness to be aggressive on those renegotiations, something Ted Thompson didn't really utilize at all. But they also may want to be a little bit more conservative, conservative this year, knowing that then 2025 offseason could be like a big amount of cap space. And then there's also the question of David Bakhtiari. Can they cut him without triggering an injury settlement? Is there any trade market out there at all? If the Packers can jettison that contract, they do have a dead cap of $19 million, but they can save nearly $21 million for 2024. That's money that they could actually play with on the open market. Yeah, I guess for me, like, the question is, like, what does David Bakhtiari actually want? Like, I mean, he's he's been... Uh, he's kind of like the hangover from the Aaron Rodgers era. Like, obviously, we know that that David was really close with with Rodgers and that whole thing. But he's been a really good sport about like what the team has done in moving on. And like, he's always publicly said the right things about like believing in Jordan Love and believing this coaching staff and loving Green Bay and the culture here and all those things, right? So I guess it, it's just an interesting question. Like, what does David Bakhtiari want? Like, does he want to be a Green Bay Packer next year? And is he, you know, flexible and changing some of his contract numbers and, and finding a creative solution so that he can stay? How does he view his own injury? Like, does he think that, like, next year this issue goes away? Like, and he can, like, heal past it and be a, a you know, full season starter at left tackle? Or does he kind of know, like, in the back of his head, like, this is something he has to play with for the rest of his career and has realistic expectations about like what role he can play for a team and, and like, how does he understand his own body and what will hold up and, and those kinds of things. And then the flip side of that is like, how does the green Bay training staff and how does Brian Gutekunst view David Bakhtiari's body and his health and those kinds of things. So it's a huge question and it's a huge price tag that's absolutely attached to it. And it'll be fascinating to see how the Packers handle it especially with a player who's respected in that locker room the way that David Bakhtiari is. Yeah, and certainly you just hope that somebody who's been as great of a pro and as great as a, of a Green Bay Packer as David Bakhtiari can go out on his own terms. So whether he wants to retire, whether he wants to give it another go, uh, I'm just hoping that that doesn't turn into uh, an injury settlement. But on to the other big question of the offseason, what does the Jordan Love extension look like? And is there a rush to get that done this year? 
Yeah, so I do think we'll see it happen before the start of the 2024 regular season. The podfather, Andy Herman, brought this up earlier this week on Packaday Live. And truly, I'm not sure any contract number would surprise me at this point, honestly, when it comes to Jordan Love, barring, of course, making him like the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. I think that's probably a stretch given what we saw just from a small sample size. But otherwise, I could see him in the top like five to eight as far as contract value, somewhere in like that. 40 million range potentially into the low 50s and I could also see something similar to what we saw before this season where it's like an incentive laden deal in the short term that's reworked again in the next few years after there's more to evaluate um, we think love is the guy and we expect him to be the guy for the long haul and it makes sense to me to lock him up now for at least three to five years with the ability like I said to kind of rework that number in the next few off seasons if he's exceeding your expectations to keep him competitive with the market but I'm also not Russ Ball, so take everything that I say with the most heaping grain of salt. Yeah, we kind of got used to quarterbacks just resetting the market every few months yeah. over the last mm-hmm. few off seasons. Um, so it will be really fascinating to see where love falls there. Usually the Packers are able to get their own players at a relatively decent price, um, but love has to know his worth um, as a young ascending quarterback in this league, he is going to get a ton. Uh, so let's talk about re-signings. Here's just a list of, of the higher end free agents that the Packers have, uh, whose contracts are expiring. We have John Runyon Jr., safety Jonathan Owens, running back A.J. Dillon, Keyshawn Nixon, safety Darnell Savage, uh, Eric Wilson, uh, Rudy Ford, Corey Ballantyne, Josiah Deguara, Tyler Davis, punter Dale, Daniel Whelan, uh, running back Emmanuel Wilson, and tackle Caleb Jones. Anybody you're interested in bringing back? Man, this is a it's an interesting list. Like I I think Green Bay finds a price with Keyshawn Nixon that they can live with, and I think he's back. I think he's kind of a uh, a personality in that locker room that they like. I think he's a good energy. I think he brings a lot. He's valuable as a return man, and he does give you enough on defense that that dual value makes him worth bringing back. Running is tough, man. It was just heartbreaking to watch him at his locker knowing that he probably knows that he might be moving on here. Uh, but I think he needs to be a depth player if he's back for the Packers, and he probably gets a starting opportunity somewhere else. So that's kind of a hard Hard one to see happening. I think a lot of these guys are quality depth, but probably players like the Packers went on an incredible run this year. There's no way around that. But these guys who played a big role this year, you probably want them playing smaller roles than they did this year. Like Corey Ballantyne should absolutely be back as a great like fifth corner type. And honestly, I th- I can see like fans totally hating this, but I think Josiah Deguara is back. Uh, he's close with Jordan Love personally, and the coaches like literally won't shut up about how much they love him. And he's probably going to be free. Like I don't know what kind of market <laughs> Josiah Dequara has. He's vet minimum kind of a guy. But I think the Packers think that he has a role for this team going forward. Some people will hate that. But on a super cheap deal, I think Josiah Dequara is probably back in the building as like your fourth tight end doing some weird blocking things and making significant 49ers players look stupid in the future. <laughs> Just change him completely to fullback and let him, right. let him go. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I think some of this also will depend right on who's hired at DC. That feels kind of like the obvious, but I could certainly see a new DC wanting to bring in 
Savage, like bring him back, play him closer to the line of scrimmage, or maybe give him a look at Nickel. He did some of that in college and was pretty good at it. I think Nixon comes back, like Kyle said, especially for special teams, but also for depth at corner. I don't know if you want him to be your starting Nickel. He played better at the end of the season, but I think there's room for improvement there, especially if we're talking about potentially bringing in a coordinator that has secondary experience. There's a lot of, you know, question marks there. I personally like Derek Wilson for his team's ability and for inside linebacker depth too, especially if we think the Packers are moving on from Campbell this offseason, which potentially they might. But I also recognize wanting to get younger and more athletic at inside linebacker. I think A.J. Dillon's probably the trickiest one here for me. LaFleur seems to really want him back, and I think he would likely come back for a very reasonable price. But I also think caveat there is that re-signing A.J. Dillon absolutely should not prohibit you from drafting a new running back, you know, in the third or fourth round. Like, get your guy of the future, but if you want to retain Dillon, too, that's fine. Um, And also, yeah, bring back the punter. I thought he was fine. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Yeah, and it'll be really interesting because Packers have so many draft picks and then they're going to have, you know, a couple of UDFAs that push to make the roster and they may or may not utilize free agency. So we'll see how many of their own players that they can actually bring back 
you know, and still be able to fit everybody on the roster. Uh, and speaking of free agency, this is where I wanted to do a little bit of a simulation. Um, we'll just pretend after the Packers re-signings, extensions, the money that they, uh, you know, have to spend on the draft class and then save for a rainy day fund. Uh, and then the Jordan Love extension that they end up with, let's just say, $20 million left for free agents for the sake of this activity. This number, of course, could be drastically different depending on a bunch of factors. But for the sake of today's exercise, we'll just go with a conservative figure. I'm going to list some free agents, some potential free agents if they don't re-sign with anybody. And then I'm going to give you a price tag. And this is what SpotTrack was saying their average per year figure would be. So of course, this is a little bit over what they would actually cost because the first year of their contract probably would be a smaller figure. But the point of this simulation is just to see you have a, a very finite amount of financial resources. Where are you going to spend those if Kyle or Maggie are the GM of the Packers? So uh, let's take a look at running back a little bit. You could get somebody with a bigger brand name who's coming off of a down year like Austin Eckler. Let's say $7.5 I thought that was a little high on spot track, but hey, you know. They're the ones that figured this out. Derrick Henry or DeAndre Swift for about $5 million or Zach Moss for four. Let's go into your offensive line. You can get center Connor Williams for $13.5 million, or you can get guard Robert Hunt for $9 million, both from the Dolphins. Uh, at edge, if you wanted to improve that room, you could get Daniil Hunter for $20 million or edge Josh Uche for $14 million. At linebacker, you got a player like Devin White or Patrick Queen. Those are going to take $20 or $19 million each you could go a little bit more affordable isaiah simmons 16 million frankie louvu 11 million or then somebody like kenneth murray who's maybe a bounce back candidate for four million maybe you want to sign a corner you could do something like kendall fuller for 14. you could do a dory jackson for 11 sean murphy bunting or christian fulton for seven or somebody like michael davis for three million dollars or we all know the Packers need help at safety you could spend big there and go with Antoine Winfield Jr. for $18 million, Kyle Duggar for 11, Xavier McKinney for 10. Maybe you want a veteran like Micah Hyde for $8 million or a young up-and-comer like Aloy Gilman for $5 million. Or, hey, maybe Packer fans are shouting, we need a kicker. Uh, if you want to go into the veteran kicker market, you can do Kaimi Fairbairn for about $7 million, Brandon McManus for 5 or Cameron Dicker for $3 million. So, Maggie, I'll let you go first. Yeah, so this is a part of the show where Packers fans are like, thank God she's not the general manager. But <laughs> if I was, hypothetically, the GM, I'm swinging for the fences here. I don't think Antoine Winfield is actually going to be available, but that would be incredible, especially, like I said earlier, if we're talking about bringing in a DC like Parker, whose specialty is in the secondary, why not take a shot at it? You know, that was the one area that you felt like you truly needed to improve. So go get a guy that immediately elevates the entire secondary. Do I think the Packers actually go that route? Probably not. But I also thought Isaiah Simmons is really intriguing to me in that tweener, like inside linebacker safety role that is so coveted now in the NFL. Lots of really fun players to watch too coming into this draft that kind of can play that same role, but obviously traded from the Cardinals to the Giants and didn't exactly look like a world beater in New York. So maybe a fresh start in Green Bay would do him some good there too. But it's easy to dream, too. You know, when you look at this list, you think of, like, Quay Walker and Patrick Queen. Or I know he, a lot of Packers fans really loved him in the draft, but I just don't really see the Packers investing a ton in free agency. I think they'll fill holes in the draft. You already mentioned, Andrew, they have a ton of draft picks and some really nice capital, five picks in the top 100. So I 
as fun as it would be to shoot for a guy like Winfield, I just I don't really see them splashing big. Yeah, I'm I mean, as you go through this list, Andrew, like I'm f- close to going full Ted Thompson here and just like sleeping through the free agency period like as a whole. There's not a ton on this list that's like super, super interesting to me. Like I thought about Kendall Fuller at corner, right? Like you've got Valentine, but like if you can like add someone like Fuller, like that's really, really interesting. And that room gets a lot better with Jair Alexander in there as well. But he's 29, right? And so you're kind of paying for the expected decline there. And so I'm not really interested in doing that. But for me, the exception on this list is at the safety position. Like Maggie said, I'd 100% be in on chasing Antoine Winfield Jr. with some money. I think that would be a worthy investment. You know, I think Maggie's right. He probably doesn't make it to the market. Um, But I'm almost excited, as excited, at the idea of adding someone like Xavier McKinney as well, right? Like, he's a good coverage player, but he also brings a lot in the box as a run defender. He's PFF's highest fourth. He's the fourth highest graded safety this year. Winfield is just above him at number three. I know PFF isn't like, you know, the end of of the discussion, but these are different players, right? It's not like we're just saying like this, just sign a safety and they do the exact same thing, but both would be huge upgrades deep in the Green Bay secondary and give you the opportunity to like get a free agent and then draft a rookie and totally remake your safety group. And I think that that would be really, really fun to watch the Packers do that. The other free agency I would 1,000% sign, and I feel really strongly about it, considering the price tag that you mentioned, is Cameron Dicker, the kicker, at $3 million per year. That's a total bargain, right? Like, this guy is 24 years old. He hit 31 of 33 field goals this year. His only misses were from 50 yards and further out. And he didn't miss a single extra point. So, like, for $3 million, like, I know this special teams group, like, they want to develop the young kicker that they have. But I'm like, this guy's 24 years old, too. And he doesn't have the issues that the Packers' current rookie does. I just think you sign yourself up for a player who's shown that he can be a consistent contributor and you solve that issue for $3 million. Yeah. And send your complaints, listeners, to Maggie and Kyle for being <laughs> wildly conservative in free agency. You, you didn't have to give the whole, like, I, I don't know that we should spend any money caveat to what you're saying. It's just a simulation. <laughs> it's fine. I, I do like the Antoine Winfield move. That would be really fun. I don't think Tampa lets him sniff free agency at all. But uh, so that's free agency. And I know for the draft, it's way, way, way too early to talk about specific prospects. But given the way you utilize free agency, what positions would you be targeting with those five top 100 draft picks? Can I just say my favorite part about pretending to be a GM is that Kyle says things like for three million, that's easy. Like as if we'll like I will never sniff three million dollars in my whole life. And I'm like, oh, easy peasy. Just throw yeah. that at that man. That's all fine. Your problems like, with a cool we are playing with them. all of our monopoly money and we're just like, oh, yeah, three mil. Great. But <laughs> no, for the draft. Yeah, I. I thought it was really interesting. Right. Daniel Jeremiah's first mock came out and he's always really in the know. Um, love his content every year, obviously one of the best in the biz when it comes to the draft, but in his first mock, he had the Packers taking a versatile offensive lineman. And I just, I think it's the Packers way, right? They're going to go defense and maybe it's a running back that cracks that top 100 for the Packers, but I truly wouldn't be surprised if we saw some variation of safety corner edge D 
D-line and inside linebacker with those first five picks. And honestly, I'd probably be fine with it. Like, I get the rationale of taking an offensive lineman early, especially if you're using a guy, losing a guy like Runyon. But look at Green Bay's history of finding gems on day three, going back to David Bakhtiari or as recently as Zach Tom and Rashid Walker, who might be your tackles of the future day three guys. So I just I don't see the Packers reaching in the top 100. And we've seen what this offense can do. Give them a second season together. It's only going to improve. So I think, you know, you focus on kind of rejuvenating the defense, give your new defensive coordinator some fun pieces to work with, give them a little bit of input. And yeah, to me, it's just like a complete overhaul of the defense with those first five picks. Yeah, good or bad, I can totally see Maggie, what Maggie's saying here and it kind of becoming a point of pride that Green Bay doesn't have to take offensive linemen early like the rest of the league. Like the rest of the league is like starving for offensive line talent and the Packers just seem to be like growing it on trees. I think they're pretty pretty proud of what they're able to do there. And I think they'll continue to take swings in the mid rounds on those guys. Cause they always nail the picks. It's crazy. Uh, so I'm with Maggie there. I think it makes sense uh, to hire a new young defensive coordinator and refill the talent hopper there. So they probably take, you know, maybe another athlete, a linebacker, maybe some depth at edge, uh, give them a safety and a corner. I think makes a ton of sense, especially if we talk like Christian Parker is the guy, but um, I do think Green Bay spends a pick on a running back in the second or the third round. It'll be interesting to see what kind of running back that is, and especially if they bring back someone like A.J. Dillon. That will be an interesting conversation. But, um, man, this is it's interesting because this draft class looks like it's going to be super strong on the offensive line, especially at offensive tackle early and super strong at wide receiver. And I don't think Green Bay is going to touch either of those positions. Like, I mean, maybe this is the year that they shock us all and they draft like a wide receiver in the first round. And that would just be hilarious because they just at this point, like it doesn't look like that's where they need an infusion of talent. I do think the secondary is easy to justify that they do need an infusion of talent. And so I think we see some picks there, probably safety corner running back. And then, I mean, they're probably going to hit the trenches as well with edge and defensive tackle. So I think we'll see more of the same from what the Green Bay Packers have done recently in the draft. Yeah, I, I'm totally with both of you on the positions mentioned. And and the one other one that I, I could potentially see, and you both mentioned offensive line, but I could see the Packers maybe spending their late first or one of their second round picks on an interior offensive lineman. Uh, maybe looking at one of those top-notch centers or, or a guard to plug in as well. Uh, but we will see. We have tons and tons of time to talk about this. Um, I thought this was a valuable exercise because it really shows you how the Packers can fill in some of these gaps on the roster. Combined with the expected development of the young guys, you would expect this team can take another huge leap forward this offseason to set themselves up for a really fun Super Bowl contention window. Uh, but that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packer Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Punnett. You find Maggie at Maggie J. Loney and also on Pax What She Said. And you can find me buried under a mountain of really upset tweets about the defense coordinator at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe to the podcast and consider giving us a five-star review and catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself every Monday. And we'll be back next week with more off-season coverage. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember...
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.